following audio is from Crossroads Church in West Ossipee, New Hampshire. For more information about Crossroads Church, you can go to www.crossroadsossipee.com. So uh, all week I've just been calling this a message because the word theremin, really scary, okay? So it's a message, okay? <laughs> so, uh, and, uh, you know, a lot of people have said... Uh, you know, you're just talking to your friend. This morning, I was talking to Rick. He said, you're just talking to your friend. And, uh, yeah, some of you guys are my friends. <laughs> yeah, all, yeah, that's right. So uh, I've done this once before at another church that I wasn't part of. And uh, this is a lot harder because I care about you guys. And I love all of you, and I'll make sure that this comes out the right way. Um, so... I'm going to dive into it here and uh, just start up. So um, lately we've had to deal with a lot of pain and uncertainty around the world, um, in our communities, and in our lives. Uh, I mean, just physical problems. We have uh, marital problems. We have personal problems. We have families that are broken around here, drugs, alcohol. A lot of stuff going on everywhere. So I wanted to share some, uh, some encouragement um, out of the scripture with you. But first, uh, first we have to set the stage. So uh, anybody who would like to, um, just turn to uh, Genesis 3.14. And we're just going to quickly read what happened. So we have the fallen man. We have Adam and Eve deciding to follow Satan, the, the serpent. They've been tricked, but being they were willingly tricked in many ways, they decided to, to do what he said. So um, we're going to go and see what the Lord says about this. The Lord said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above the livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and the dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I'll put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. And you shall bruise your, and he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman, he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. And to Adam, he said, please, I mean, because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten of the tree which I command, of which I commanded you, you shall not eat it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you will eat bread, till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, and out of it, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. The man called his wife Eve because she was the mother of all living things. And the Lord God made Adam, made for Adam and his wife garments of skin, clothed, clothed for the, clothed, and garments of skin clothed them. Then the Lord said, Behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. Now lest he reach out with his hand and take of the tree 
of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man and at the east of the garden east of the Garden of Eden, he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword that turned away, turned every way to guard the tree of life. So, right now we're, we're uh, reaping the consequences of that. So, so now man has an enemy who hates him because he hates the God who made him. We listen to him, we listen to him instead of God, and now we reap the consequences of that disobedience. We have pain stress, physically designed to fail, and we got kicked out of paradise. So, that sounds like great news, right? Encouraging. That's what I came to do. <laughs> so, uh, but we're now we're going to turn ahead. We're going to turn to uh, Revelation 19. And I'm going to read 19.11 through 21.8. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Are we all set? Okay. Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. The one sitting on it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like the flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems, and he has a name written on it that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a, ro in a robe dipped in blood. And the name by which he is called is the word of God. And the armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. From his mouth came a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread out the winepress of fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and with a loud voice he called out to all the birds that fly directly overhead, Come, gather for the great supper of God, to eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses and riders, and the flesh of men, both, great, both free and slave, both small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth with their armies gathered to make war on him who was sitting on the horse and against his army. And the beast was captured, and with it the false prophet who was present, and he had done, that had done the signs in which he deceived those who received the mark of the great beast who worshipped its image. And these two were thrown alive into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur. And the rest were slain with the sword that came forth from, from him who was sitting on the white horse, and all the birds gorged to their flesh. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding in his hand a key to the bottomless pit and a great chain. And he seized the dragon. The, the ancient serpent who was the devil and Satan and he bound him for a thousand years and threw him into the pit and shut it and sealed him over so that he might not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years are ended after that he must be released for a while then I saw thrones and seated on them were those whom the were given authority whom the authority to judge was committed also I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or its image and not deceived, and were not and did, had not received its mark on their foreheads and their hands. 
and they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. The rest of the dead do not come to life until the thousand years are ended. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is the one who shares in this resurrection. Over such the second death has no power, but there will be priests of God and of Christ, and they will reign with him for a thousand years. And, that, and when the thousand years are ended, Satan will be released from prison, and it will come out to deceive the nations that are the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them for battle. Their numbers is like the sand of the sea, and they marched up over the broad plain of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. But fire came down from heaven and consumed them, and the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet were. And they were tormented day and night forever and ever. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it. From his presence the earth and the sky fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the great, the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead are judged by what was written in the books, according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one of them according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And anyone's name, and if anyone's name was not found written in the book, he was thrown in. And this is this is the good part. I hope I can get through this part because this, <laughs> this is uh, it's kind of emotional for me sometimes. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first earth and the had passed away and the sea was no more and I saw the holy city New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying behold the dwelling place of God is with man he will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be their God he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of water of life without payment. To those who conquer will have, it, have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, for murders, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that, lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. So there you have it. The great day of the Lord is spoken through all through all spoken of all throughout uh, Scripture. The hope of every every believer, and it's also the great fear of the darkness. Christ's return, and the defeat of our enemy, and the redemption of all creation.
this, uh, this actually has uh, a pretty new meaning for me because we I found out that uh, in the last year that my son has a, has a sickness that's um, probably not going to go away, and it can be pretty serious. You know, he got diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, and at his age, it can, it can be dangerous. He could die. It, it's possible, very possible at times. So we have to take care of him, but the idea is he's not going to be left that way. God doesn't leave us this way. You know, this, this world is falling apart. We're sick. We're falling. We have all these problems. God doesn't leave us this way. We win, you know. Um, so when, you know, when things get bad in the world, when pain and ailment and scourge come, when you get the phone call in the middle of the night about the death of a loved one or people turn their back on you, you know, who wins? God wins, right? We just said that. God wins. So we win. Um, because this, it, this is a hard place to live, especially here. You know, we have to keep looking back and saying, my body isn't always going to be like this. This sin I struggle with isn't always going to be here. We're not being left this way. We have joy and peace and love because of what Jesus has done for us. But we also struggle a lot. And this is, this is the hope of all of us as believers, to become one day perfect. To become perfect. So, and, but now we're going to talk about some other things. Because God is the ultimate teacher and knows not to waste a but moment, there are also some warnings in these scriptures. But remember, a warning is an encouragement. It's just an encouragement for proper action. So, and God uses God uses these opposing ideas to force us to uh, internalize what He's teaching. It causes a a healthy uncertainty to make us evaluate our relationship with Jesus. So basically, He forces us to look inside, even if it's ugly. Using some of the using these uh, these verses. So when Jesus speaks of the sins that keep people out of the book of life, the sins listed are obviously not an exhaustive list. They're examples of actions that mock who God is. They dramatically represent unrepentant sin. Things not cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. So please, if the Holy Spirit is, convic is convicting you or tugging at your soul to confess and repent from sin that you haven't given to Jesus, something that maybe when we're reading through it, it it tugged at you or it hit you or, or it made some of these verses scary to you for some reason please don't wait just take care of it right now repent from that sin that you haven't given to Jesus don't wait another minute and if that means I, I'll stop right now if anybody ever wanted to confess anything um not even out loud, but I mean, it's just so important that if anyone wanted to do that, let's, let's just do it. Um, you know, I I have my own confessions I have to make. You know, I have a I have a, a bad temper. I have a lot of things that I deal with on a daily basis that I do not want to have between me and God. I don't want them there. Does it mean it will go away tomorrow? No. 
But you have, to, you have to confess it. You have to give every little piece of your mind to God. You can't hide it from him. Things that we, things that we internalize and put back in the back of our brain as our own. I'm not saying that those are going to keep you out of heaven, but they are going to keep you. It's just one more piece of yourself that God can't take care of because you're keeping it for yourself. So any of that kind of stuff, just get rid of it. Get rid of it. Tell God. Even if it has to do with God, anger towards him, whatever it is, get it out in the open. So God may heal it right now, or it may take a lifetime. Either way, it is a, it's, it is a spirit telling you to act. Don't allow sin to keep you from, full, from a full relationship with Jesus. Also this day, if you haven't given yourself to Jesus... Again, don't wait. Do it right now. Even if you have gone to church or considered yourself a Christian your whole life, if the Spirit is calling you in, to, to salvation and a faith in Christ, do it now. Don't be ashamed of this if it's true. Salvation comes in God's time, and it is perfect when your soul is first confronted with the real Jesus for the first time. Not the idea of Jesus, not the uh, expectations of people or your church or your family, but the real Jesus, the Jesus we read about in Scripture, the Jesus that is part of your life, and you don't know him unless you give yourself to him. You, you, the Holy Spirit has to come in and show you who he is. Please... Uh, just don't hold back from Jesus. Don't hold back from Christ. Remember, to struggle with sin is a good sign. But acceptance of it in your life requires confessing and turning back to God. And I'm going to read a scripture that talks about that real quick. So I'm going to go to 1 Peter 4.17. And uh, I'm going to read that. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteous is, is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? So what he's saying here is this is going to be, it's, it's hard work. And you've got to get everything out of the way. Um, it's not the final sense salvation it's not it's it's not that final salvation is is uncertain but that's the way it is it you have to it takes hard work to uh, to get your closeness with Christ to live out your christian life so if you have sin in your life that's just part of you and you accept it and it's just living with you Get rid of it. Kill it. Give it to God. Not, not saying that it will disappear Im immediately, but you have to give it to him. And now, to those who have been, that have been cleansed by the blood, the saints, we find Jesus at war in, this, in, these, last, in these last scriptures. We find him at war before he recreates everything. 
And there is a war to be waged for the soul of the people, especially in this area. The, quest- the question is, is, will you fight? That's what you have to figure out in your own heart. Will you fight? Will you make... Because, you know, we could easily just sit at home and whoever comes across our path, talk to them about Jesus a little bit here and there. But I don't think that's what God's calling us to. I think God's calling us to a fight, to, to organize, to, to work together, to bring people around here to him. Now, we know that people come to salvation because of the Father's will operating through the Holy Spirit. That's the doctrinal answer. But nowhere in Scripture are we relieved of our responsibility to spread the gospel. And then we're just going to read the Great Commission real quick here. This is directly from the Lord. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came to them. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So there we have it. We're commanded to go out and teach about Jesus. And as he has taught us, we have spiritual armor, the word of God as weapons, and spiritual gifts to operate out of. But our weapon of mass destruction against the darkness is the gospel. The gospel itself, teaching about Jesus. That's that's where we're going to break down the strongholds. That's where we're going to get people to to give give up their give up the darkness and come into the light. This is what is tearing down the kingdom of darkness one soul at a time. So again, the question is, will you fight? Our tactics are love, loving our neighbors as ourselves, forgiveness and mercy towards those blinded by Satan. It sounds like an oxymoron in a world where might makes right. But we must show the devil no mercy by relentlessly loving those around us, especially those the world considers unlovable. And showing that old snake no mercy by praying for the souls of of the unsaved and of the unlovable around you. When the attacks come, and, and they will, read these scriptures we have just read. And remind him and yourself who wins. Remember you follow the God that casts the devil into hell, redeems mankind, and makes all that exists new in just a few verses. Which probably is not a long time in that time frame. And I'd say he's worth trusting. So I'm going to read Galatians 6.9. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap, if we do not give up. So then, 
as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are in the household of faith. So, I just ask that as we go through our weeks and our days, just remember those last verses that we do win. And the world isn't out of control. And God's not, God hasn't forgotten us. And we have, we're not be, being left here in pain. We're not being left here unsupervised by God who's just watching from far away. He's in the middle of everything we do. Everything. And uh, I just wanted to bring you the, especially those last few verses in the book of Revelation. God is going to make everything new again. We're going to have new bodies. We're going to have new minds. We're going to have a new earth. All this stuff that's going on now will be gone. It'll be gone. Now, you know, we, we, have, we have gifts here on earth. The gift of each other. The gift of serving God. The gift of God himself. But we do need to look ahead sometimes and see that it's going to get better. It's going to get a lot better. So let's just uh, let's pray and go to the music. Father, we come before you in the name of our Lord Jesus and in his blood and in the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit. And we ask you, Lord, to to take whatever it is that uh, has been heard today and put it in our hearts. Lord, uh, we need you all week long. We need the presence of your Holy Spirit. We need you teaching us and giving us strength to, to help the people around us, to bring the gospel to them, Lord. We need you with our families. We need you in all our work and our relationships, Lord. So, Holy Spirit, I ask you to anoint us for your work this week, to watch over us, to protect us, protect us from, from the evil one, Lord. Just thank you for, for this uh, congregation and for the ability to do this. And, you know, no heat, but, you know, we're just, try, we're just trying to get the, uh, the word out there, Lord. So we thank you for your blessings and your love and your kindness. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to participate in the mission of Crossroads Church through financial support, checks can be mailed to Crossroads Church, Post Office Box 576, West Ossipee, New Hampshire, 03890.